Welcome to Black Love Now. I'm your host, Scarlett Wolisky. Black Love Now is a podcast accompaniment to the forthcoming exhibition at Nicole Longnecker Gallery in Houston, Texas. Here, I will interview artists asking about their body of work, professional practice, and their creative process. My curatorial approach prioritizes contemporary African-American artists living and working in Texas. Black Love Now is brought to you by The Scarlet Market. The Scarlet Market is an online resource that provides private sale and post-sale fine art services. An art collection is only as strong as the services that support it. Insurance, storage, installation, conservation, framing, and so much more. To learn more about these services, please visit our website at scarletmarket.com. That's scarlet with two T's, market.com. Hello. So, Madeline, thank you so much for being here. I really am excited to get to have this talk with you. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Madeline, could you answer for us? I know I just kind of gave a brief uh, background, but can you describe for us what you do and why you do it? Yeah, so I am an oil painter based out in Denton, Texas. Um, I specialize in the figure, but I do dabble in still lives every now and then. Um, and aside from, you know, my gift, I believe being a God-given talent and the fact that I need to use it, um, I think, actually I know, not I think, but one of my whys is I didn't really see myself uh, in, you know, gallery spaces and museum spaces, and I just wanted to be that example for people that were like myself when I was younger, I didn't just—I ha- didn't have a lot of examples of Black female artists, you know, being studio artists and you know, getting into the arts industry and being a professional artist, um, and also um, creating for me is a way for me to to cope. I do have anxiety, so it's just a way for me to get my thoughts out visually um, and just a way for me to be okay, really. <laughs> yes, yes, I love that. A way of being okay and coping in the world. For you, how does love inform your artistic practice? Um, I would say that love informs my artistic practice because quite honestly, it just pushes me to keep going especially just hearing from my community, just the impacts that I have of just me, myself, as a Black woman painting. And some people just don't really see that, especially a figurative artist, you know, um, that does, you know, realism or whatever. Um, so that that definitely helps keep me going. The support is, is there. Um, and I make sure that I'm true to myself while doing so. I'm not dictated by anybody and what, what they think I should be doing. But I'm moved more so of like just the seasons that I have in life and what I feel like I have to say. Your work specifically does such a good job at just communicating. I'm the person behind the rifle with the, with this particular series. Um, 
in this case, to Marcus, someone that you are familiar with and, mm-hmm. and know firsthand, could you tell us a little bit more about your uh, relationship to the, the artist? I'm sorry, to the, your relationship to the subjects? Yeah, so to Marcus, who's, this is the painting she's referring to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, uh, we grew up together. We went to the same church. And so that's how I know him. And then I know uh, Chrissy is his, his wife by way. Um, yeah, so this is a Still Negro 3. Um, Still Negro 3 has the same undertones as the first piece that I did, which was um, of my husband, actually, with um, the target around his face. Um, and he had, he was sitting down with a suit on. So it just, you know, talks about him being a black man in America. He can navigate, um, you know, for like, for instance, him wearing a suit super harmless he's very put together um you know he's very eloquent with his words yet he's still seen as a target still has the same undertones with still negro three um in this case um you have a woman involved in the painting um and what you really don't know is that she's actually three months pregnant in this painting so now it just feeds into just how it's you know a detriment to you know, take our black men away from our families, our communities, um, and things like that. Um, it can it can go pretty deep, but um, that's kind of just what's you know going on in um, the Still and You Grow Three piece. So, thank you, thank you so much for for elaborating on um, on the piece directly. So that's that's wonderful. Thank you for that. Um, so just like a little bit of a transition here. So did did your process of creating change during COVID? It it did. It did have some changes. Um more so with uh the 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 fact that in the beginning or really just a little bit before COVID, I mean I was very aware of how toxic hustle culture can be, but I guess I didn't really consciously think that I was actually mm-hmm in that toxicity of it until I had to slow down. And I realized that, you know, all of these great things were happening, but I wasn't giving myself time to truly rest. Like, sure, I would take some time off from painting, but I wouldn't give myself time to actually marinate in just the the goals that I've met, the accolades that I've gotten and things like that. Um, so it really, it, it it took a pandemic for me to slow down and realize I don't really have work-life balance (laughs) at all. And I need to work on that. Um, (laughs) Like really work on that. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I just didn't give myself a time to reset really, you know? Um, And, you know, just really just, knowing now um, progress doesn't always have to be expedited. Like we don't always have to just be on the move all the time. Like it's okay to have slower seasons um, because we may need those slow seasons to see things that we wouldn't have if we were going hundred miles an hour. So um, definitely taking more into consideration of my mental health and my physical health as well. So. Yes. Yes. I, I definitely can agree with that. I, I just recall spending so much time gardening and spending time outside and it just, it changed how it changed. I feel like COVID 
and just being home during the pandemic, it changed my perspective about how I felt about myself within my career. Um, like in academia and thinking about, you know, myself during graduate school and graduate studies and thinking about, you know, how important information is. And I, I felt like I was just underneath everything. It just felt like a mountain of information on top of you and just never really can get a hold of it. And mm -hmm. then thinking about yourself within your career and, oh, well, everyone else is you know doing this and moving in this direction. And well, where does that leave you, Scarlett? Like, <laughs> and it, instead of, I decided, well, what the heck? I'm just going to go ahead and put out the exhibition into the world that I want to see, mm -hmm. that I've always wanted to see. And your work just resonates with me so well. And I was just so happy to, to find artists like you um, and, and the others that are in the show. So... Um, you guys really are a dream come true for me. So um, let me just calm down before I start crying. <laughs> but I, I really feel like COVID was a very strong pivot and it just gave me time and space to realize that I'm worthy even without the institution. Um, all I need to do is put it together, put it together, do the marketing and advertising and they will come. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah. 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 So it was, yeah, it was definitely a tough bunch, but um, I'm glad we're, I, I would love to say that we're on the other side of COVID, but um, we're not. So <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah. We're still in the throes of COVID. But so I guess maybe I even like jump the gun a little bit with that question, but like, like professionally, do you feel like your, your work life has changed or has it been sort of consistent? Um, I mean, was it, has it been affected by the pandemic at all? Uh, my work, your, your professional practice? Yeah, I just, I don't duke out work as fast because before it was ridiculous. Like sometimes I would do, yeah. you know, pull an all-nighter every other day just to get stuff done, you know, um, and not really yeah. prioritize my time, really, um, because obviously I'm trying to, like, make a deadline and I'm trying to push through. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like it, it's kind of hard because it's very, like, my, my, my work-life balance is still very splotchy. Um, so I'm still like struggling to find that balance. Um, but I'm also not killing myself to get work done either. You know what I mean? Because yes. I think the worst right. thing is like, I would never compromise the integrity of my work just to make me a deadline. Like if it came down to right. that unfortunate event happening and then I can't finish something, it's just a wrap and I'm so sorry, <laughs> but you're going to get the best out of me. You're not going to get... You're not going to get half right. done work. So that, right. <laughs> I'm a strong believer in that. But of course that can be hard if you're like, you know, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's challenging. Like, I feel like, I feel like I'm not the only artist out there that's like 
You know, when someone asks me what's my studio schedule, I'm like, you know, we just take it day by day because that's me. Like, life happens, <laughs> things happen, things pop up, and it's flustering. Midnight to, midnight to 4 a.m., right? Yeah. <laughs> that, see, that's the peak hours. Peak hours are, well, for me, anywhere from 5 to 3. That is my most, like, yeah, that's the, that's the sweet spot. But that's not ideal either. But if I feel a rush of like passion and I'm like, I need to really, I need to utilize this because I don't know if I'm going to have this same energy come tomorrow. I, I will, I, I'll talk to my husband. Like, no, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a long night for the better because I'm painting and I'm in my zone. So. <laughs> Who or what has been your greatest informant to your professional practice yeah absolutely definitely I mean you hit it on the head like yes community absolutely um they it's just I I need conversation in order to like gauge where I'm going with certain ideas and I need to hear other people's like perspectives on those and even just their experiences to whatever my ideas are because I feel like that'll better help me to best visualize like what does this look like or you know like so community definitely so my my art colleagues um especially like Deja and um Aaron Aaron Cooley so Deja Board has Deja Board Gallery and Aaron Cooley has Aaron Cooley Gallery both out in Dallas they've been um they're great businesswomen they're I can ask anything and they won't make me feel any type of way <laughs> like I'll just you know, they're very straightforward and um, have helped inform me more about the arts industry and made me a better businesswoman. Um, and even just like my mentor, Rex, who I met um, after graduating University of North Texas in 2014, I ended up having to move to San Antonio for a year. And I got a studio out there um, at, a, what was it called? Hausman Millworks. Um, or the mill for short is what we would call it. Um, and Rex and I had studios right by one another. And so he would just, he would just give me all of the information I needed as far as, you know, what to expect going into the arts industry and trying to be a professional artist and what that looks like on his end. Because of course my experiences are going to be a little bit different than his, but it's, I mean, it's enlightening and I needed that at that time. And he's still present, still encouraging me and, and all of that. So it's just all of that is just my greatest informant to, to my career for sure. That's amazing. And if you don't mind, I would love to link the galleries that you mentioned in um, the show notes, um, as well as the mill in mm -hmm. San Antonio. So I'll be notes and, and linking those for, for people to check out so they can be connected because um I'm may I may I ask um are yeah. are the um your your friends who are in the gallery world are these African American galleries? So Deja Board Gallery is yeah she's a black uh woman owned um gallery out in Dallas the first in like 30 years. So it's a really big deal. Um, so yeah, and I've worked with her since like 2018. 
Um, she also has this collective, it's called Black Sheep Art Collective. Uh, so that's, you know, what, what I was, um, that's what she was doing back then in 2018. And eventually she got her own gallery. Um, but ever since then, we've just stayed connected. Um, and it's just nice, like seeing other black women in the arts industry. It's very homey. <laughs> a lot more homey <laughs> than just just seeing all of my white counterparts like I love y'all but you know <laughs> I, want, I want my culture to be represented in here as well yeah absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. and I I love I love that because I I I just you want to feel at home with a subject and with a practice that is safe space for you right. and if you bring yourself fully into a space where you don't feel fully at home then I've you know it feels like you've corrupted something that's so beautiful and true to me and it's like ah like I I want to feel like myself and yeah you kind of feel like an imposter and we should never ever have to feel that way yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so Yes, I'm excited to hear, and I will definitely be looking up the Deja Board Gallery um, for our audience. So that'll be fun. Um, so um, um, one of my last questions is, are there any events mm -hmm. or narratives that have taken place in Texas that have informed your practice? Um, yes. I will have to say um, there is a show that I was invited to called The Human Condition, created by Stephen Deleuze. Um, and it was a pleasure being a part of that show, for sure. I, I definitely felt a lot of pressure because I think I was either the only Black artist in that show or one of few. Um, but I felt like I needed to paint about my experiences just in my community. Um, and that's how I came up with the Still a Negro painting, which was of my husband with the target and everything. Um, and it wasn't a series like at all. It was just that one piece and I was just going to roll with it. And I was like, that's going to be it. But I got encouraged to make like other works as well, um, a series for it. So, um, but yeah, I just knew like going into that show, it was going to be a predominantly white space. Um, and I felt like the Black experience um, needed to be talked about, especially in a predominantly white space. Um, and so that's kind of what, what triggered that narrative. Um, and I think it really informed my practice as well, letting me know like, yo, like this art thing is great. Like it's, it's, it's great to do like still lives and things that are very lighthearted, but it's also important to like use your voice. Um, so that's what catapulted, you know, the Still a Negro series and other works that are also um, kind of challenged the viewer a bit. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for presenting the challenge because it's missed or people would rather watch something on television instead of having these important conversations. So thank you for doing the work and putting putting out these narratives so that we can the conversations yeah. absolutely um so before we end i have one final question okay. and um before we get to that i would just like to share where everybody can find madeline on socials so if you like to follow madeline you can find her on instagram at artwork by madeline and 
Also, if you'd like, you can follow her on her website, um, www.artbymadeline.com. So um, our final question is, um, there's this quote that I'm using to hinge this entire exhibition on. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a quote from James Baldwin uh, from The Fire Next Time. It's an essay, uh, a letter that he wrote to his nephew. And the quote is, if we hadn't loved each other, we would never have survived. And the question I have for you is, what does Black love mean to you? Um, so Black love to me um, means resilience. I believe it means resilience. Um, it's honestly a miracle that Black love exists. Um, the fact that individuals such as myself um, can still love hard through just the trauma that's been passed down um, for, for generations by our ancestors um, absolutely shows our resilience. So that's what I'd say. Madeline, thank you so much for being here and thank you for taking the time to be with us on the show. We, we thank you and appreciate you so, so much. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> So what did you think? Isn't Madeline great or what? Literally, she's amazing. So keep in mind, you know, what you learn about African-American art or black culture here on this podcast, it's going to stick with you. Now, you may not remember all the details about every artist discussed and you don't have to. It's not like you're going to receive college credit at the end of this, but you know, keep in mind, like, what you do learn here, like, it's going to shape your relationships at home, at work, and with yourself for the rest of your life. So if the details become elusive, feel free to refer to the show notes. Um, there's lots of details there. So yeah, keep all of that in mind as we move forward. And I look forward to seeing you on the next show. If you get the opportunity, please feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts um, or just share it with a friend. Um, any way that you share the podcast with others is going to be helpful to us. So thank you so much and we will see you next time on Black Love Now.